0: Good morning, Mission View Church. Hey, if you have your Bible apps or your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs, the ninth chapter. I got the phone call about an hour before I was supposed to meet my friend at the theater, and we were going to go out and, and just grab a quick dinner at Chipotle um, before we saw the movie, but this call was really important, and I was talking to a Talking to a church on the phone, and, and the conversation went great, but the conversation just kept going on and on and on, and it just kept lasting a, a long time. And so I was texting my friend, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be late." And then it was, "Hey, I, I've got to cancel dinner. I'm just going to meet you at the theater for the movie." But it was a 7:30. It was a 7.30 movie, and I was really hungry at the time. And so by the time the phone call ended, I decided I still had time to run in and get Chipotle, but I had to get it to go. And so that's what I did because I really didn't want to eat theater food. I mean, there's just something not so appealing anymore about the hot dog that's been on the rotisserie for six months because nobody else has bought it and the buns that are guaranteed stale. And so I just decided, no, I'm gonna go get Chipotle. The, the problem is theaters frown upon you bringing food into them. And so I had to be clever about this. And, and I didn't wanna just go the burrito, and I, I wanted to go the full Chipotle experience. And so I ordered my burrito, I ordered my chips and salsa. I was smart enough not to get the fountain drink. I just grabbed a, a, a can that I had of Coke at, at home, and so I, I went to P- Chipotle, I got all my food, I got to the theater, and then it was, it was, it was go time. I mean, this, this required a, a lot of work. And so I took the bag of chips and where it's, it's folded up top, I turned them upside down, and in my belt, I looped the chips so that the pressure from my belt would press against the bag of the chips so that the chips would not go everywhere, and I, I, put, the, I put the little container of salsa in my coat pocket and I took the burrito which I had and I stuffed it in the arm right by the elbow and so I'm walking like the abominable snowman in my jacket into into the movie theater and I buy my ticket and that's great and I'm walking like this, like every step of the way and I, I make it to the theater and I slide over to the seat and I'm like, oh no, this is gonna be a problem because I didn't really factor in having to move to sit down without all of this food spilling out of me. And so I'm like, hey, help me, help me. My friend's looking at me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got dinner, help me, help me. He's like, where? I'm like, all over, just help. Like, what do you need me to do? I'm like, reach in my coat and grab the burrito. He said, I'm not reaching in your coat and grabbing. Burrito. I'm like, reach in my coat and get the burrito. It's like, No. I'm like, Please. <laughs> Fine. And so he reaches in my coat and he grabs the burrito. Like, reaches down the sleeve of my coat, grabs the burrito, slides it out. I finally am able to take the chips out. We sit down. As soon as the light, as soon as the theater's lights go down and it goes black. All of a sudden, you hear the pop can open. That's this guy. (laughs) Then I start eating my burrito. I I start to feel something, like, on my legs. And it's the Chipotle curse to where they've wrapped the burrito, but they haven't really done the best job ever. And I, I just feel my legs, and they're just covered. They are just covered with rice. And so I start brushing that off. And all of a sudden, I felt a chunk of steak on there. And I, I like, caught that with the other hand because that's too good to go on the floor. And I I ate that. And then I finally finished with my burrito. And I use all the napkins that I smuggled into my pocket just to wipe my pants off. And I get out the chips and salsa. And the first chip, I dip in the salsa. And as I'm bringing it up to my mouth, the salsa just runs off the chip all over my pants and I'm out of napkins. A lot of times in life, we make decisions. Sometimes we make smart decisions. Sometimes we make dumb decisions. And sometimes we make decisions that are beyond stupid. Like trying to eat Chipotle in a dark theater, beyond dumb. Now, we all, we've all been there. We all, we all make them. And part of, part of living is making those decisions. Sometimes we look back, and we make great decisions. Sometimes we look back, we make stupid decisions. And sometimes we look back, and we make really, really dumb decisions, and we wind up with a pair of jeans that has Chipotle salsa stains all over them when we get home. This morning, we start something brand new. This summer, we're going to be looking at Proverbs. And this morning, we're going to see the benefit the benefit of wisdom. Wisdom has built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars, she has slaughtered her beasts, she has mixed her wine, she has also set her table. Wisdom has built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts, she has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. Right off the bat what we see about wisdom, it is sufficient and it is prepared. Wisdom is sufficient and it's prepared. Here, as she's personified her house, wisdom's house has seven pillars. She has hewn seven Pillars. This did not happen overnight. This was not an instantaneous process. This was a feat to build a house with seven pillars, to take and, and to mold the materials that they had in order to build their structure. It was a sufficient structure and it was a time consuming endeavor. Wisdom is sufficient and it is prepared. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She's prepared the feast. She is ready. Wisdom has gone out. And she's killed the animals. She's taken them. She's cooked them. She's mixed the wine. And set the table. Sufficient and prepared. Wise people prepare. Wise people prepare. You want to be wise? Prepare. Prepare. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, said a couple things that I just love about preparation. He said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. If I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend six sharpening my axe. Abraham Lincoln, in the time leading up to his presidency, and historians debate some of the merits of this, but leading up to the time of his presidency, he had various failures in business. There were elections that he was not successful in. There were elections he was successful in. He did have, he did have a career that also was, was prosperous and successful. But undoubtedly, if you look at the life of Abraham Lincoln, throughout his life he experienced failure. And he said this, I will study and get ready. And perhaps someday my chance will come. I will study and get ready, and perhaps someday my chance will come. Wise people prepare. They prepare. They understand that success is not instantaneous, and oftentimes when it is, it is not lasting. They understand that in order to achieve, you have to work hard. And they go about getting ready for that struggle. Wise people prepare. Wisdom has built her house. She has hooned her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. You want to be wise? Make preparation a part of your life. Now, I understand the difficulty with preparation is oftentimes when we prepare, the payoff seems so far away. Prepare anyway. If you have eight hours to chop down a tree, spend six sharpening your axe. Be people who are prepared. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Notice that wisdom is not quiet. Wisdom is not quiet. She has set out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Wisdom is crying out. It demands to be heard. A few months ago, there were some renovations going on right across the street from where our offices are in, in downtown North Canton, if North Canton has a downtown. And so, Part of the process of these office renovations was renovating the parking situation. And I noticed one day that there was a lone protester standing outside of those renovations with a sign from an old 70s song about paving paradise to put up a parking lot. The Counting Crows covered it in the 90s. Some of you who are younger may know it. And, and he, was, he was letting his opposition be known. And a week later, We'd returned from a a staff lunch, and my friend Mitch, who who was the worship pastor here for some time, asked if we would help him take some things out of his car. And he handed me a megaphone and said, Had fun. And so I did. Don't you know it seems to go? You don't. the megaphone down and walked into our office, and then Steve got a phone call on his cell phone (laughs) from a man we'll call Daryl, because that's his name, who I happened to call out on the megaphone, who interestingly enough, we'd been trying for over three months to get a hold of through emails and phone calls and texts and never heard back. And all of a sudden, all it takes is a little megaphone. And he's on the phone instantaneously. And Steve's like, I'm sorry, Daryl. I'm sorry. And Steve's pointing at me like, You got us in trouble. And, you know, Steve's a little bit of a rule follower. And so he's like worried about this. And I'm like, Yes, this is awesome. Mini rebellion. And so, I'm like, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. Steve's like, you are not talking to him. I'm like, let me talk to him. And he's like, no. And a half hour later, Steve emerges from his office and lets me know, we're not allowed to play with the megaphone anymore (laughs) at the office complex. Which saddens me to this day. See, but here's the problem. Wisdom, it cries out. It wants to be heard. The problem is, in our society, any idiot with a megaphone, like me, can cry out and demand to be heard at the same time. And everybody thinks they're wise. I was just having fun. I wasn't really protesting anything going on. Just so happened that Daryl was actually at the complex that day giving a tour to the chief of police, the fire chief. (laughs) Some members of city council who'd also been getting complaints about paving paradise to put up a parking lot. It was just a perfect store. See, in our culture, oftentimes the louder you are, people listen. Just watch cable news talk radio it's all over and so for us it's not enough to listen to the loudest voice it's not enough just to just to listen to who makes the most noise we have to discern we have to discern. And so notice what coincides with this loud proclamation that is a characteristic of wisdom that normally doesn't coincide with loud proclamations of those who are just unwise. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. The entire purpose of the proclamation of wisdom is to instruct others to better themselves. That's the agenda of wisdom. Wisdom's agenda is that you would listen to me so that in the process, you would become better. Not that you would listen to me so that in the process, my agenda would be advanced. So that's what we need to discern Wise people share their knowledge. Wise people share their knowledge. Be a mentor to somebody. Be a mentor to somebody. You can't pour into everyone, but you need to pour into someone. Let me say that again. You can't pour into everyone. You just can't do it. But you need to pour into someone. Have somebody that you are pouring into them that you're mentoring them, that you're training them, you're helping them grow and develop. Wise people share their knowledge. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abused and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. And this is the fool's response to wisdom. It doesn't receive it. So scripture says, just don't waste your time. Don't argue with stupid. You're not going to win. Just don't waste your time. And this is what's troubling. There are just people who make stupid decisions. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you reason with them, no matter what truth and evidence you show them, They do not change. And rather than be coachable, and rather than desire instruction, they turn it around. And they despise you in the process for speaking into their life. Just don't waste your time. Don't argue with idiots. No, this gets, it gets hard. when that person's a friend. Maybe a child. Maybe a parent. And this doesn't mean you get to the point where you have nothing to do with them, and it doesn't even mean that as a parent you don't continue to speak truth into your child's life, but just understand if you're going to do that know that it's going to come to a point where they will resent you. And it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It just means they're dumb. It just means they're making stupid decisions. And it doesn't mean that intellectually they're dumb or intellectually they're stupid. In fact, a lot of times intellectually they're brilliant. They're just blind. And in their blindness, they reject your wisdom. And in the process, turn that rejection upon you. So just be prepared. And sometimes the answer is you just cut the person out. Sometimes you just stop. You just stop arguing with them. Sometimes you lovingly just look at them and say, it's not worth it to lose the relationship. But you continue praying for them. You continue to be grieved by the choices and the decisions they're making. You just say, I've reached the point where our relationship's more important than being right. There's no easy answer. There's no if it crosses this threshold, if it gets to this point. This is where discernment comes in. And Incredibly difficult decisions have to be made. Just understand that not everyone receives wisdom and loves it. Not everyone is eager to receive it. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer. or he will hate you. I'm willing to be hated by some people because I love them that much. I'm not willing to be hated by everyone. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Wise people respond to wisdom, and they're appreciative to the people who come And share that wisdom with them. Wise people are coachable. Wise people are coachable. They receive criticism. And what wisdom does with criticism is it helps us separate the critique of our conduct from that of our character. unless it's an issue that our character needs to be corrected. But oftentimes what happens is we live in such a politically correct, everybody wins and gets a trophy just for being out on the field. We don't even keep score anymore in youth sports because God forbid you understand there are winners and losers in life. Because we live in that type of society, what happens is any type of correction, any type of criticism that is levied it is internalized. It is taken as character assassination. Because so people just want to be told how great they are all the time. They want to be told they did an outstanding job, even if it's painfully obvious to everyone that their job was not outstanding. Wise people aren't like that. Wise people love criticism. They love to be coached. They love to be challenged. Are you coachable? How do you handle critique? Do you respond? Well, or do you shut down immediately thinking, this is an attack on my self-worth? Be wise. And understand if a wise person is criticizing or critiquing or coaching you to take heed And listen, and if it's just an idiot with a megaphone who just happens to be loud, just ignore it. But understand the wise person, their motive is love for you. Their motive is for you to grow and develop and to become better. That's why they push you. That's why they challenge you. That's why they criticize you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man. And he will increase in learning. Wise people are coachable. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is in sight. Pastor John MacArthur said this on the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the state of mind in which one's own attitudes, will, feelings, deeds, and goals are exchanged for God's. The state of mind in which our own attitudes, will, feelings, deeds, and goals are exchanged for God's summation when we understand it's not about me. There's a grander purpose and that is God's purpose. That God be glorified in me, through me, around me and even in spite of me. That is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Wise people elevate God's desires, not their own. Wise people elevate God's desires, not their own. And so this morning we start something called Deeper throughout the book of Proverbs over the next few months. And here's our goal, that we as individuals, we as a church, Would grow deeper in our love, affection, and appreciation for God, and our love, affection, and appreciation for others. That's our goal as we look at Proverbs. This morning we see that's where it starts. That's the beginning. For us to realize it's not about me, it's not about my desires, it's not about my feelings, it's not about my will, it's about God's. That's where wisdom starts. And wise people elevate God's desires. For by me, your days will be multiplied. And years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. This is the blessing of wisdom. If we're wise, we'll naturally reap blessings. And if we aren't, we'll pay the price. Individuals is my responsibility. It's not my spouse's responsibility. It's not my parents' responsibility. It's not my child's responsibility. It's on me. It's my responsibility to be wise. The onus is on me. It's nobody else's fault if I'm not but mine. And ultimately, the ultimate blessing of wisdom will be borne out within me in my life. And ultimately, if I'm not wise, the ultimate curse of that rejection of wisdom is individual as well. Now certainly there's crossover, and the blessings of my wisdom will impact and affect my family, but the onus is on me, just as if I'm unwise, the impact of that will affect my family, but ultimately and mostly, it will impact me, individually. It's no one else's responsibility. It's mine. And it's yours. You want a better life? It starts when you understand that it's not all about you, that God's purpose is greater than your own. That's the beginning of wisdom. And from there, be prepared. Be prepared. If you have eight hours to cut down a tree, spend six sharpening your axe. Be prepared. You want to be wise? Be mentored. If you are wise, mentor. Pour yourself into others' lives. can't pour yourself into everyone, but you need to pour yourself into someone. You want to be wise? Be coachable. Understand it doesn't matter how good you are. You can be better. Don't settle. Be hungry. Attack. This is how wise people live. And the blessing will be a better life. But it all starts when I'm first willing to say, it's not about me. And that's the hardest part. God, I pray. She would help us make wise decisions. That we would first and foremost recognize the most important thing we can do is elevate you, diminish ourselves. God, that we would take the principles from your word this morning and that we would be people who are prepared. That we would proclaim wisdom. God, that we would be mentors and be mentored so that we can share with others how they can grow in wisdom and we can hear how we can grow. God, I pray that we would be coachable. That we would take that input that others give us and put it into practice. Not as a personal criticism. God, understand it for what it is. A valuable tool to help us. God, I pray For those who are wise, you would help them experience the blessing of a wise life. And for those who aren't, that God, you would continue to make them miserable to the point they would seek you out. So God, they would come to the place where they need you and they recognize their need for you. And they too would see that the key to life is that we would decrease and you would increase. May we be instruments for your glory. May we be wise in your Son, Jesus' name we pray.